Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Phil Bischoff, youth minister and director of outreach at Crosswalk, is bringing you a teaching. So head over to crosswalkphoenix.com, click on the Listen tab, and there you can find today's notes. And now, here's Phil Bischoff. We're at the last message in our series called Boundaries, and I think Pastor Jeff and Pastor Dan have really done an awesome job with this series, and I encourage you to go uh, listen to the past messages if you haven't been able to be here on our website, crosswalkphoenix.com. But if this is your first Sunday with us during this series, um, we've talked about boundaries between how, how God has boundaries, we need boundaries for ourselves, um, and boundaries between us and other people. And, and a couple thoughts that have helped me really understand what boundaries are, I want to share with you. Um, one is boundaries are when I know when to say yes and when to say no and how to respect another person's yes and no. Can, not, not easy, right? And then also another thought I have um, is uh, boundaries are, are like a gate where, you know, a gate can be closed where you, you keep things that you want in, in, and, and things that you, you don't want in, you keep them out, but a gate can also be open. So you can let things move back and forth. But today what we're really talking about is what's the win when it comes to boundaries? How do I know if I'm having success in my boundaries in life? And, and I think that, as with a lot of things, we got to start where, where the win is not. <laughs> what could be some false standards of where I think that I'm winning? So I want to give you one right off the bat. And it's your first fill-in, actually. And, uh, and here's what it is, is... Boundaries won't necessarily make my life easier or make others do what I want. Now, we, we've talked about how in the long run, if I set good boundaries, things, you know, in God's grace can go a little easier for me, right? But, but here's, I want you to write the word successful before boundaries, okay? Successful boundaries won't, especially in the short term. And, and when I give you a, an example of that, I've got two daughters, and my oldest one is four years old. Her name's Isabel. And, and you know, bedtime routine, you got to brush teeth and go potty, right? And, um, you know, when, when some nights when we, when we approach her with that, you know, you would think that we're asking her to walk on hot coals, <laughs> and it even looks like it, right? I don't want to, and, you know, does the little dance. And when I'm, when I'm frustrated and tired, right, one of the temptations is just to give in and not have any boundaries. All right, fine, just go to bed. I know that maybe in the short term that's easy, but then, you know, peeing the bed, that's not fun. And then cavities down, down the road, right, paying for those, right, and, and just the health of her teeth isn't good. But you know what? I'll have to admit, what I'm more likely to do when I'm tired and frustrated is um, kind of force a boundary on her, where, you know, pick her up, put her on the toilet, and then I get in my defensive position, right? And I block, and I pivot. <laughs> She's not loving it, obviously, but I'm getting what I want. But I got to brush teeth still, too. You know, well, well, obviously she's on the toilet and she's not happy, so she's crying, right? And her, she got her big mouth from her dad. So I wait for a really big cry, grab the toothbrush, and got what I want. Done. <laughs> True story. Um, 
we talked about in, in, in past messages how sometimes there's lose-lose situations, sometimes there's win-lose situations and boundaries, and, and especially you parents, man, you can feel a lot of guilt. Sometimes you, you have to win, use lose-lose or have to use win-lose situations, right? But, but obviously I know that if I do that all the time with her, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make her feel powerless, Right? And, and so I don't want that, and I, so I want to get to the win-win solution, but, but here's the thing. With the boundaries, is it, immediately I know that probably the right boundary takes a little more time. i got to be a little more patient, right? Maybe talk about choices. Do you want to go potty upstairs or downstairs? Or consequences, right? All right, if you don't brush your teeth, you can choose to brush your teeth or not have a bedtime story, right? And, uh, and, and so to do it that way. There's other ways that we're misguided, too, when it, comes to, uh, when it comes to boundaries. The other misguided standard is if I compare specific boundaries. I think um, recently married couples do this, right? Like maybe the husband grew up with, with his dad, maybe not doing a lot of chores around the house, and maybe the wife grew up with her dad doing a lot of chores around the house, and then they get married, and they're like, my way's, no, my way, these are my specific boundary, and then you forget that, wait, it's, it's, you gotta have new boundaries, right, to form. And then finally, I think another bad, misguided uh, uh, standard for a win in boundaries is if we think the win is, I set a boundary that will never change, right? Now, it's true. For example, God tells us that he wants us to have time in our lives for rest, relaxation, and fun. He does. When I was in college, I could say yes to going out with my friends every Friday night and every Saturday night, and most Thursdays, too. (laughs) Right? Now, I'm 33. I have two kids. I'm married. I have a full-time job probably can't do that by my own choice because I have more people that I'm responsible to. But here's what the win is not. It's not, the win is not to say, well, I got to get rid of that boundary. No more fun till I'm retired. No more rest till the kids are gone, right? No, now it takes more planning and whatnot. I still got to have that boundary, but it has to change. And the truth is, let's just go through this real quick because I think it's helpful is that when it comes to boundaries, they change a lot of times just by the phase of life that we're in. Those of you that are in, that are in high school, you, you straddle that world of adulthood and childhood, right, where you've got those, you've got those boundaries that you're setting yourself. You're doing homework, and you've got to make time for friends and managing your time, but then you've got these people called parents who set boundaries for you. You will be home at 10 p.m. It is a school night, right? And then those of you that, that, that get older, when, when you're in your late teens or, or mid-20s, right, you're experiencing the joys and and the stresses of adulting, right? Making, making more decisions, having freedom, and it can feel like you're drinking from a fire hydrant of decision-making. Should I go to college? Or should I go to work? What should I do with my life? Do I need life insurance already? Do I need to start saving for retirement right now? Right, and then you keep going, and as you get a little older, maybe some friends start getting married, and, and so boundaries change there because now you know, now they're married. Or if you get married, now you've got to form new boundaries together with your spouse, and now that changes with your own family, right? And then for some people, a bomb drops, and that bomb is called children. (laughs) It's a bomb of blessings, extreme blessings, and a bomb of extreme challenges, but let's make no mistake, it's a bomb, 
Okay? You take your nice boundaries, and they just go like that. And you got to reconstruct them. You got to reconstruct them together. Okay? And then that's the stage of life I'm in, but obviously, I've, through my parents and other people that are older than me, it doesn't, it doesn't change. I mean, boundaries keep changing. Your kids get older, you have to. You have to manage that, right? And then if you're an empty nester, you got to like get to know your spouse again, and retirement can do that. And then, and then maybe even older, you start to have maybe some health concerns when you're older, and so you have physical boundaries on your own body, and maybe now you have adult children telling you what to do. So, so the goal, <laughs> the goal is, is not that we, that we don't change, that, that boundaries are, are absolutely going to change, but God gives, us what, God gives us standards of what the win is. And so, and so let's get there. Let's look, and we're going to look into the, the book of James, okay? And James, man, I just love, I love the book of James because James is the half-brother of Jesus, okay? The half-brother of Jesus. And James had a huge turnaround in his life. He grew up rejecting Jesus, his own brother. You're a phony and a fanatic, man. You're just my brother. You're not the savior. Who do you think you are? And then James saw Jesus die, and then Jesus appeared to James after he rose from the dead. So apparently James changed his mind. I think that would change mine, right? And, and so um, James became a, a believer, but a, but a pillar of the early Christian church. And he writes this book to his fellow Jewish believers that are scattered outside of Jerusalem. And because he's writing to people that he knows, he's, um, he's very blunt with them. And James is a book of a lot of boundary setting. He talks about controlling your tongue and, and setting boundaries that are smart with money and wealth and, and guarding against boasting and, and guarding against having a dead faith. Right? He has all these boundaries, but, but we got to see in chapter one, he sets the stage for how, how, we, how are we going to have success with this. So let's dig in. Let's look at the first passage, James 1.1. It says, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes among the nations, greetings. Now, don't overlook this, because in this first verse, James is introducing himself, you know, it's like his email signature, you know, at the bottom, this is who you are. And James could have said, I'm James, the half-brother of Jesus, so you got to listen to what I'm telling you, okay? But instead, what, what, does, what does James wrap his identity in? Not that he's the half-brother of Jesus, but, but that Jesus is his Lord. So if he's saying Jesus is his Lord, he's wrapping his identity that he's God's child, and that Jesus isn't just his half-brother, but Jesus is his savior. And James has his identity in who he is as God's child. And, and James has his identity, uh, or James has his purpose solid, right? He doesn't say, I'm Jesus' half-brother, but I'm, I'm God's servant. And, and I'm my, my half-brother Jesus' servant. My identity is, I'm, I'm, or my purpose is, I'm Jesus' servant. So he was, he was crystal clear on that, right? And... The thing is, is that when, but he knew he wasn't the only servant of God in the world, and he wasn't the only child of God, because he's writing to the 12 tribes. He's writing to other people. So let me give you your first fill-in here. What's your second fill-in, actually? I can count. To determine success with boundaries, I must know my identity, right, child of God, and my purpose, 
right? God's servant. And if you want to go really in depth to that, listen to last week's message. Pastor Jeff did an awesome job about that. I also must view myself not as a lone servant, but as a part of a tribe, right? Is that when my identity and my purpose are really firm, that I'm God's child and I'm God's servant, it becomes a little bit easier to know what I say yes to and what I say no to. But now let's talk about this tribe part and this lone servant part. And um, of course, I got another story for this. Um, I, I told you that you know my wife and I uh, we're in the stage of raising children, right? And um, I work from home full-time, and my wife works from home full-time as a full-time homemaker, uh, watching our kids. And we have to set a lot of boundaries for that with a four-year-old and, and a two-year-old. And so one, one boundary I've been very protective of is, is my morning routine. And because I wanted to start each day spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally strong, and so I would start it each day in, in God's word, in, in honest prayer to God and, and, and reading God's word, and I need it. I, I need it for my faith to stay strong, and I need it for the balance in my life. To, to, to all, I, have a, I have a great day ahead, but challenges, I, I need that time. And, and, and then, you know, I need to take care of myself, so I eat, I eat breakfast, right? Make myself breakfast and, and get ready, and I'm a social creature, so I had watching a little bit of news, and I was, you know, I had that boundary down, and I was feeling good, but, but here's the deal is, there's, there's one problem is, you know, my wife is also God's child and God's servant, and my wife also wanted to start each day <laughs> healthy in all those ways and in God's word. But, you know, the, the truth is that my, my wife works for some pretty tough clients. <laughs> and um, they, uh, they get up pretty early. And, you know, she, she did. She tried really hard in, in trying to, to find time maybe when they're up or maybe when they're about to, you know, go to bed, but it just wasn't working. And, and, and she, you know, didn't want to bring it up because she wanted to respect my boundaries. You know, I had this boundary here, but, but, and, and I was so focused on this boundary because it was helping me, but, but the truth is, is that I, I wasn't thinking enough about my tribe, I wasn't thinking about how this, even though it was a good boundary, how was this good boundary affecting my tribe? And in this case, my husband, wife, mother, father tribe. And so when we, when we got to the conversation, and it was a tough conversation because, you know, this is my good boundary and I'm protecting it and whatnot. But, but at the end of the day, what we really got to, we got to, the, to the, bottom, the bottom line was it was just true. This specific routine I had was, was get, kind of getting in the way of my wife being able to spend time with God in the morning like she wanted to. And when that clicked for both of us, we said, well, then the boundaries just got to change. Now, here's the truth is all the things are still happening. I'm still getting my time with God's, in God's word, getting breakfast, um, um, getting ready and all of that, right? But now my wife gets to do it as well in the morning. And to be honest, in God's grace and wisdom, I'm liking the new boundary better. Because instead of, you know, watching the news for social stuff, I get to play with my kids for 30 minutes. And I love it. But it got to where, you know, we're part of a tribe, so we have to make these decisions together on these boundaries. So here's the truth is you are God's servant. You are God's child. You need to have boundaries for that. But also don't forget you're part of a tribe. Your work tribe, your friend tribe, your family tribe, your faith family tribe. And, and the truth is, is that we're most successful when we keep both in mind. 
Now let's, uh, let's keep moving. Let's move on in chapter one. The next verse is here. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You know, maintaining boundaries means facing trials of many kinds. You're going to face internal trial, trials when you set boundaries. Let's say you say no to someone, and even if it's for the best reasons in the world, you might still struggle with guilt. Even though you know, I got to say no to this, you might struggle with guilt. You might have external boundaries where someone else might not like your boundary. Or you might not like the boundary of, of someone else, right? We've got those external trials. We've got all of that. Um, but James says to do it, to set boundaries. And, and then he says, consider pure, pure joy when, when I face trials of many kinds. So when I face these trials, I'm pure joy. Now, James is not saying to find some weird, weird pleasure in, in, in pain or to put on a fake smile, okay? It doesn't make sense that suffering can be pure joy unless, again, I'm firmly rooted in my identity and my purpose. Because if my identity and purpose are about just the things here and now, just the stuff that I can see, things that will pass away, suffering will, will never be joyful because it's just getting in the way of the things I want to do here and now. But if my identity and purpose are anchored on higher things, on my true purpose, on my true calling, on my true identity, then I can actually see suffering as God's tool. And so the tough things I face when I'm setting boundaries with people, I don't have to be afraid of that. I can say, God is maturing me. God is testing me. I, I want to share with you a text that I got from a good friend of mine yesterday. And I, I was fearing this text because... I knew his, his, his girl was sick, his five-year-old, and I've got a four-year-old. And he says, it's true, diagnosis is she has leukemia. And his, his text then was, it's going to be a long road under the cross. Now, here's the truth. He, he, he's not looking forward to this. He, he, he especially doesn't want his daughter to go through this. He's not saying that, oh, you know, to, to rejoice at, at, at this thing caused by sin. You know, this, we're in a broken world, and so we have these things called, called diseases. No, but, but what he did know, what he does know, is by saying under the cross, he, he knows that somehow, some way, God is going to use that to bring him and his family closer to God. Because here's the truth, boundaries are gonna really change for him and his family, right? They're gonna have to figure this out, how they're gonna, gonna deal with it. But boys, he's confident of, and what James is, is, is telling us here is that all our needs are complete in Christ. And our suffering points us to the fact that everything else is gonna pass away, but I'm God's child and I'm going to heaven. And that's really what's going to get me through. So let's fill in our next point. Maintaining boundaries means facing ongoing trials. It just does. But I'm winning when I consider those trials as helpful tests that mature me 
and that they deepen my reliance on God's love, that all my needs are complete in Christ. All right, let's continue by reading the next set of the verses. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Now remember, in chapter one, James just got done talking about some, some difficult things, to consider trials as pure joy, and now he's gonna go on to talk about having boundaries with watching your tongue and, and boundaries with how we, how we look at wealth and ha- not having a dead faith and, and don't boast and don't show favoritism, some tough things. So now James says, we gotta go to God for wisdom in this because it's a tough, difficult thing. But here, you gotta get this though. Look on, those, on, on, the, on the verses and you gotta underline the word generously and you gotta underline the words without finding fault because this is key. Because you might be thinking, I just can't do this whole boundary thing. It's too hard. Or I just can't do it. I've messed up too bad. I've lived my whole life with the wrong boundaries, with bad boundaries, with no boundaries. And I, I just, I, I don't know where to start. I'm a failure. I failed my wife, my kids. I failed my friends. I failed myself. You know, James could have and and maybe did feel some of that when Jesus comes to him after he rose from the dead and proved that he is the savior. Don't you think James maybe said, this guy lived in my house. He's my half brother and I called him a phony and a fake. If anyone should have known, if anyone should not have a boundary against Jesus, it should have been me. I am too far out of, of God's grace for this man, me? But James doesn't do that. Instead, what does James do? He points to God's generosity and he says, God who doesn't find fault because James knew that Jesus' sacrifice was for him too and that through Jesus' sacrifice, God did not find fault with James. Because of Jesus' sacrifice, God does not find fault with you. Because of Jesus' sacrifice, God shows that he is generous to you, that he loves you, that he's generous in in forgiveness, he's generous in in, in the, the inheritance that you're going to get. And so James says, go to that God to get wisdom in how to set boundaries, a God who is limitless in his love for you, limitless in his generosity to you. And then what James says is when you go to God, don't you dare go to God based upon your past performance or base your prayers based on your wisdom or your ability or your power. Because James says if you do that, you're going to be double-minded. You're going to be like a wave in the ocean going here and there. You're going to be unstable. You're going to doubt because you're basing all of your requests on, on your own 
ability and, and past performance. Instead, what, what James says is base your prayers on the God you're praying to, on his ability, on his heart, on his standards, on his generosity, on his power. That's, that's where we want to get to. And on his wisdom. Because you know really what a prayer for wisdom is? A prayer for wisdom is asking God, God, give me your mind and give me your heart and then let me set my boundaries there. Don't, you know, give me wisdom that I might think, God, show me who you are. Show me what your heart is and then let me live my life and set my boundaries from there. So here's your next feeling. Is God's generosity and grace are boundaryless. And I'm winning when I go to him in prayer for wisdom and when my prayers are anchored on God's power and not mine. Now, speaking of wisdom, James talks about something when it comes to determining success with boundaries. And, 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 let's, and let's read it, and you might be like, what, what is he talking about here, and why is this with boundaries? So let's get, but it, it's awesome, let's get into it. It says, believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant, its blossoms fall and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. And let's get right into the next verse, which is James chapter 2. Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has God not chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised for those who love him? James is getting into some meat here. And when he's, when he's getting some meat, he, he throws out some, some things that causes people to pay attention, right? And so he says, believers that are in humble circumstances are really in a high position, and believers who are rich should consider themselves in, in a humble position. Now, James is not saying that we are saved through our poverty, okay? He's not saying that. But what James is saying is that those who don't have a lot of earthly treasures— and those who go through a lot of hardship in life are less likely to view this life as paradise and are more likely to be interested in the promises of God. And he's saying that, that those that have a, a lot of, of earthly treasures, that earthly treasures are not bad. You look at a lot of people in the Bible. God gave Abraham tons of possessions, right? And God gave Abraham the ability to wisely use those. But, but it's true here that those who have a lot of, of earthly treasures, that God is blessed with that, James is saying, you also have been blessed with a burden. And that burden is to make sure that those earthly treasures don't take your focus off, don't take your heart off of your spiritual treasures. And that you don't set these boundaries just, just to get these earthly treasures, but that you, you know that your spiritual treasures, like God's forgiveness, like God's grace, like my faith in Jesus, like my gift of heaven, that that, that doesn't become your focus. And that takes a lot of humility. And that's why he says it's a humble position. Now, this is a good, uh, good start to, uh, a good place to 
you know how if you're in an airplane in like 30 minutes uh, before you, you land, we're starting our descent. We're starting our descent now in this message and in this series. So buckle your seatbelts. But I want to, I, I want to go back because I, I want to, again, just read for you the titles of, these, of, of, of the messages in this series. Defining boundaries, developing boundaries, destroying boundary myths, developing boundaries at home and work, defeating resistance to boundaries. Okay, some good stuff in there. And, and, and so what I want you to think about is that we say yes and no in more ways than just our words. And in all of this is, is, is leading up to that we say yes and no with how we, we spend our money, where we spend it and where we don't spend it. We say yes and no with where we spend our energy and where we don't spend it. We say yes and no in where we use our talents and where we don't spend it and where we use our time and when we don't spend it. Really, our, our daily choices are daily yes and no, okay? And so what, what James is, is really saying here is that if I, if, I, if I use all of that and think all of that, and if my ultimate goal is to set boundaries to just have earthly treasures, po- possessions, position, power, pleasure, popularity, right? All those things. If it's just for that, I'm, I'm more likely to lose sight of my spiritual treasures, and, 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 and I possibly could lose them if I just focus completely on this and completely forget about those. And so I, I want you to fill in this, this next point. I'm winning when my boundaries lead me towards God's riches and when they keep me from losing everything. Because really what this series has been about is Viewing boundaries as a way that, that God can lead me to keep anything that will lead me towards God's riches in. And, and, and if I see anything that will keep me away from God's riches, to try and, and, and keep that out. And now let's land the plane. And there's no better verse to land the plane than our last verse. Let's see it. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Now, here's the deal. We have to be aware that, that we could possibly lose our spiritual treasures. You know, God, God wants us to, to be aware of that, that if we, that if we focus too much and, and, and reject God, that we could lose the most important thing. But, but here's the truth is, as kind of like in sports, it's no fun to play sports, to play not to lose. And God doesn't want us to live not to lose. God wants us to live to win. But even more important than that, what these verses are saying is God is telling us, you've already won. You have already won because you have the crown of life that Jesus won for you. And it's waiting for you. And through faith in Jesus, you have it. You even have it right now. And so I view boundaries as God's blessing to keep my eyes focused on that, to keep my eyes on the fact that, you know what? I have all these trials and it's going to be tough, but I set boundaries because I've won. And I get my, I get my prize in heaven. And, and nothing will take me from that. 
So James, so James is reminding us that we've won. So determining success with boundaries is I got to remember that the best thing in the world is I have success. I'm successful. Check it off because Jesus was successful for me. And root that in your heart because here's, here's the deal is if I know, if I'm secure that I'm God's child, I know who I am. If I'm secure and I know, I know what I'm here for, I'm God's servant and I know where I'm going, I, I, I'm, I'm going to heaven, is that I'm blessed and that now I can persevere through any trial. And that now I, I get excited about boundaries because I'm firm in those things. And you know what? Bring it on. Let's, let's deal with some boundaries here. Let's, let's have the conversations because I've already won. Here's your last point. Success is knowing that I've already won. Because of Jesus, I can persevere through anything as I head towards heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the crown of life. Thank you for telling us we've already won. And Lord, now, now keep us on that path. Let us use boundaries, Lord, to, uh, to keep our eyes on, on the peace that surpasses all understanding. Let us be wise in, in how we say our yes and how we say our no. Lord, you, you know that sometimes we have to make that choice. Sometimes we don't always know what, what the right answer is, but, but we do know that you're going to help us during the tough times. We do know your word and where we can base our identity and our purpose and our destiny on. And Lord, so I just ask that all of us become the best boundary setters that we can be knowing that who we are. Be with us, protect us, and all because of what James knew too is that we're the tribe of forgiven people, Lord, and we thank you that. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. So before we close, if you would like to hear more, head over to CrosswalkPhoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held on the campus of Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Phil Bishop. On the bottom of the, the back sheet, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial having stood the test and that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. And so that's why I wrote the next step is we can persevere in maintaining godly boundaries. We can pray for wisdom because we can fix our eyes on what Jesus has already won for me and you. Let me send you out in your week with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace. Amen.